Hi, my name is Stephen Ely, and you are listening to the Wretched Preacher Podcast, a podcast to equip and encourage all Christians to faithfully be a witness for Christ in every aspect of life, from the seemingly mundane to the seemingly extraordinary. For the Christian life, there is no such thing as mundane. There is no such thing as ordinary because we serve an extraordinary, supernatural, holy, and righteous God. Hello, thank you for uh, tuning in to the Wretched Preacher podcast. Uh, my name is Stephen, I'm the host. Uh, today is the first episode that I have recorded. Um, just let you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, some people think this might be silly to, to add a, another podcast or a, another something onto the internet. Um especially during this time of pandemic when everyone's stuck at home, everyone's bored. And the first thing that they said with the warning was don't make a podcast. Those white males that are between the ages of 25 and 35, whatever you do, don't make another podcast. But I figured since I had the time, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, And I just figured it's, a good idea, not because I have anything new to say or something to say that other people aren't saying, but uh, because when I thought about it, thought about church history, um, thought of all the things that were written by the during the times of Reformation, during the times of the Puritans, and even today, uh, when we just think about what's written, um, that didn't stop the Puritans. Uh, they didn't stop writing pamphlets and tracts and books because. You know, the market was already so saturated, we don't need another voice. No, they wanted to oversaturate the the market, or so to speak, oversaturate the culture, get as much as possible out there of truth so that it'll become more accessible to those. Um, I'm not a Jonathan Edwards. I'm not a Charles Spurgeon. Um, I'm not a R.C. Sproul. I'm not a Vody Bauckham. Uh, I'm not gifted or talented uh, in speaking as these others are. Um, I'm not a James White even, um, who who has covered so many plethora of topics uh, and so well. Um, I just figured that I have a yearning to share truth. I'm an evangelist. Um, I want to help motivate others into evangelism, uh, whether they are the average Joe at church who who has a the typical nine to five with a family, and they just think that they have such uh, such a mundane life that they can't be used by God. But I want to peel back those falsehoods, those those myths that uh, that God can't use the average Joe. That God only uses those significant and powerful, um, mighty men. Of, such as George Whitfield and Martin Luther and the likes of them, uh, these people who have been put on pedestals. Um, but, but no, that's not true. Throughout history, God has used the the average Christian. Um, it was the the mother of of John Wesley that was a huge influence. Just a, an average mom who sought the Lord, who prayed, who read her Bible. Um, she. As far as I know, she didn't go out and preach on the streets. 
Um, but she, she took care of her children. She trained her children and lived, uh, just lived a, a life, uh, that many women today live and God blessed that, uh, to produce, used her life to produce, uh, John, w- John Wesley and Charles Wesley, um, to train them up so that they can become these mighty evangelists, um, it was these average people. It was the prayer of the nagging mother of St. Augustine uh, that God used to to convert him uh, so that we would have the, this mighty church father. And so behind all of these mighty names, all these great celebrity preachers, there are those seemingly mundane mothers, mundane father, fathers, mon- mundane friends who, who don't seem all that significant, that don't seem all that gifted. Uh, and if they were to be asked, uh, what did they contribute to the kingdom during their lives? They might say nothing. They may not be able to see what, what God was doing through them at the time. Uh, but, but it was through their ministry that, that God brings about these great revivals, raises up these great men. It was, uh, I was just reading earlier the, the book of Ruth. Uh, I don't think, Naomi or Ruth were thinking that they were going to be of the lineage of the Messiah or the great King David, uh, that the Christ will be born from their lineage. Um, I don't think they were thinking in those terms. They were just trying to survive. It was a famine. Uh, Naomi uh, was mourning her husband. Uh, She called herself bitter. Um, They told her not to call her Naomi anymore, but to call her bitterness. Uh, Ruth was just trying to seek to do what was right by her mother-in-law and uh, trying to seek a redeemer and, and work hard. Uh, but what did God do with that? That, that those seemingly mundane things uh, God used to bring about the salvation of the world. So there's something to say about, about just living those mundane lives. Um, not everyone is called to go out to the streets and preach the gospel uh, in front of in front of abortion clinics or in front of thousands of people in the pulpits, uh, but but we are called to be faithful. Uh, we are called to be salt of the earth, and we're called to to be a light in the darkness. And we do that simply by being faithful to what God has called us to. So, in my attempt of being faithful, what I believe God has called me to, I wanted to start this podcast to to not be a a political commentary or, or cultural commentary. Of course, some of those things might come up, um, but I've seen those things and a lot of other podcasts kind of take over. I don't want that. I want to present a positive case for good theology, good, uh, good practice, uh, and to encourage, to be a source of encouragement so that those who don't think they can contribute anything uh, realize that, just simply by being faithful in their lives, they are contributing uh, to the kingdom of God, uh, being salt, being light uh, with their good deeds and with their faithfulness and showing that we're not perfect. We are still sinners. Uh, if the apostle Paul calls himself a wretched, then how much more is Stephen Ely? How much more is uh, the man at the grocery store stocking up uh, the cans? Uh, we're wretched sinners, and that's why we need grace. That's why we need Jesus to, to save us, to wash us clean, um, and save us by faith, by His grace, uh, and then renew us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit 
to work in us to do what is pleasing to the Lord, to, to work out His accomplishments, to work out His plan uh, that He has for us. Um, it was I, I saw a post once on Facebook that uh, it asked, uh, do we need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And the answer was like, well, we need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Um, I know many people have probably seen that as pretty a generic uh, little post, but but it's true. We need the Holy Spirit. Um, and it is the Holy Spirit that works through unworthy, weak vessels. In our weakness, He is strong, and it is in our times of weakness that He proves His power. Um, this is why the world hates it, because the the world uh, wants wants might, wants power, wants wants strength in themselves from themselves. Uh, they want to be mighty. They want to be dominant. But the church isn't like that. God's people are not like that. Uh, God's people are sinners, like everyone else. God has no one else to use, as I heard Vodi Bakum say once, that God uses sinful nations, God uses sinful people, because there's no one else to use. Uh, so that's why we need grace. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us, and even in, in a, the times of our weakness, in the times of our stumbling, even in times of backsliding. Uh, God uses his children to accomplish his will uh, in a unique way. He, he is sovereign and in control of all things. He, he brings about everything according to the purpose of his will. Uh, he uses wicked nations to judge other wicked nations, and he, he works all these things. I believe it was R.C. Sproul that said that there is no maverick molecule, that God is completely sovereign over all things. But he has a unique providence, a unique eye of affection and love and, let's say, uh, will or or purpose uh, for his church um, and even for, for those seemingly mundane Christians. Uh, in the early church, when there's persecution that came after the stoning of Stephen, who was it that went out and preached the gospel? It was those average Christians that were scattered. The apostles stayed behind in Jerusalem, and it was the average Christian that went about living their lives, sharing the gospel at opportunities that were arisen to them, that were presented to them. Um, so, as a means of encouragement, I want to bring this and present this podcast uh, to you, uh, to the stay-at-home mom, to the nine-to-five office worker, and even to the street preacher and to the pastor who is discouraged that, that even if you don't see the fruit in your ministry and in your life now, that there are times that God might show it to you, that you might be blessed by seeing the fruit of your labors, or you might see it from the vantage point of, of the sky above as you look down after your death, uh, as you cry out to God, how much longer must these saints suffer? As the 24 elders do in, in the book of Revelation, they look down, they see what's happening. And you might have that vantage point uh, as you see that that God's purpose for your life, uh, the the things that he has accomplished through you and the seemingly mundane things uh, that you'll see that after you die. Um, or you might not see it in, until glory uh, when we have new, new bodies and we're uh, standing in the presence of the Lord. But w- whatever it is, I'll, I just want to encourage you and bring this podcast uh, as my 
my contribution to the body of Christ. Um, even if I have one listener, uh, whether I have a thousand listeners, I, I doubt I'll get that, at least not anytime soon. Uh, but whoever listens, uh, for my neighbor or those in Africa and China who, who are able to understand and access this, this podcast, I, I want to be a means of encouragement to you. So today, um, besides an introduction, what I wanted to do was to present uh, to you the, the gospel, uh, to answer the question, what is the gospel? Uh, because it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, it is the gospel which is heard and which we are saved and is, is the message for a first importance uh, given to us by the apostles. Um, and it was the gospel that Jesus Christ came to die on the cross uh, to save sinners. Uh, that is the gospel that Jesus came to save sinners. That's what Jesus came to do. It's the whole whole weapon that we have, the whole plan that God is accomplishing. Uh, his His plan of redemption is, is by the gospel. So, I want to ask, uh, what is the gospel? And I want to answer that. Um, some of you might know, if you're familiar with me, that I, I'm an evangelist. I, I, I'm i an open-air preacher. I go on the street corners and I preach the gospel. I go to abortion clinics and I preach the gospel. Um, wherever I go, uh, with the Lord's grace and with the Lord's power, when there's an opportunity, the Lord opens up my mouth and I, I preach the gospel. Um, I was at the... Uh, mechanics the other day getting an oil change and some new tires and and just the conversation uh, went that way. I just find myself in those situations where the Lord presents to me opportunities to share on the regular the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and it's my passion. Uh, I don't want to do anything else but preach the gospel. And it's not saying I'm tooting my own horn or anything like that. Uh, it's It's something that the Lord has given me this burning in my bones to to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere and everywhere that I go, um, and so that the Lord has answered those prayers and has given me those opportunities, and and even on my on my worst days, the the Lord just puts me in situations, and and I find myself by the grace of God just opening my mouth. So I know what it's like to to feel insignificant. Uh, to feel that I'm useless, but the Lord has shown me in, in many unique ways that, that even even a sinner like me who's unworthy of, to herald the gospel that, that God uses and gives opportunities to. Um, I don't have a huge uh, list of names of people who have been converted. I can't say, as George Whitfield did, that he preached to thousands and there's thousands converted. Uh, I'm not a Billy Graham who, who's seen... Hundreds and hundreds of people at each crusade coming down the aisle. I don't. I don't have anything like that. Uh, most of the responses I, I get when I go preaching are are uh, being cussed at, uh, being flipped off, or ignored. Um, but God does bless me with with those uh, opportunities to to see the fruit and see uh, what um, could be genuine conversions, which uh, you don't ever know until. Uh, you really get to the other side of glory because I don't always get to see them uh, after that initial confession uh, because uh, I, I preach in, in different street corners and not always local. Um, but the gospel is my bread and butter. Um, it's what I preach on the regular. Um, 
I'll be getting into other theologies and, and other doctrines and, and other topics, but uh, the first and foremost message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I wanted to, to answer the question, what is the gospel? Um, when you ask that question to, to people that are Jehovah's Witness or Mormons or even Catholics, you, you get several different answers from them. <clears throat> you get uh, from Catholics, you get, uh, they say the gospel of Jesus Christ are the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's the red letters in the New Testament and the four gospels or the four gospels themselves with their teachings is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they, they, they kind of, kind of make it ambiguous. They don't nail it down as to what it is. Um, uh, in fact, I asked a Catholic recently, uh, that we were witnessing to, and I asked him, I gave him the good old Ray comfort, uh, scenario. Uh, if I had a knife in my back and I walked up to you and I said, Hey, I have a knife in my back and I have three minutes to live. What is the gospel? How can I be saved? Uh, and this gentleman asked me, um, <laughs> uh, well, in that scenario, I'll, I'll pray the Hail Mary for you. I was like, you, I ask you what the gospel is, and I have three minutes to live, and it's the gospel by which we are saved, and you give me a Hail Mary. And I was like, eh, that's not quite right. So he calls up a few of his buddies. Um, he calls up, I think, some people up at his church or at his parish, I think what they call it. Um, the people in office, uh, <laughs> they they couldn't answer his question. Uh, none of the ministers were available. Um and they were unwilling to to proceed in a discussion of theology, as they said on the phone. Uh, but you get all these weird answers. Um, I think the the Mormons have it kind of nailed down to the gospel is that we're saved by grace after everything that we can do. Uh, so we're saved by grace plus works, um, and that's pretty much what what the world has. Uh, the religions of the world, the, the Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, the, the Catholics, the, the Buddhists, the, uh, the Muslims, they have this, yes, there's, there's, there's always a, a, an element of grace of some sorts, but there's always works. There's always, always works uh, that we earn our way to heaven. Um, but that's not what the scripture says. Uh, that's not the gospel. In fact, that's bad news because, uh, well, you see that no one is righteous, no, not one, according to, to Romans 3, that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, Isaiah says that even our righteous deeds are nothing more than filthy rags. Uh, the Hebrew is, uh, not to be crude, but uh, menstrual cycle rags used rags uh, that were used during the times of women's period. Um, that's what the, the Hebrew means, that, that we cannot bribe God with our deeds uh, because they're filthy. Even our righteous deeds are, are filthy. Um, because we're not righteous, because we're not uh, perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, uh, He cannot allow us into heaven. Uh, he is he is a holy and righteous God. He created all things good, but yet we come with our sin and and taint everything. Um, and God is holy, and He dwells in inapproachable light. Uh, he cannot allow any unclean thing into His presence. God is just. God is righteous, and He will by no means let the guilty go. 
uh, he will repay each and every sin with a just punishment. Um, and that punishment, uh, according to to Romans 6, the, the wages of sin is death. And Revelation 21.8 shows that that death is actually the second death, the, the eternal lake of fire. And uh, a lot of people have problems with that. Uh, and this is the bad news. Uh, this is this is what the bad news is, is, is that God is holy, that God is righteous. And, and we need to get into the bad news before we get into the gospel, because the gospel is the good news. Why do we have good news? It's because, my friends, there are there's bad news. So the bad news is, is that God is holy, that God is righteous, and that God is just. Uh, and some people say, well, that's not fair that just for a few sins on earth that that we are descent to hell for all eternity. That that just doesn't seem fair. Well, the, the illustration I, I like to give to people with, with that um, rebuttal uh, is that if you take your hand— just, just take your hand and you go slap your little brother. Say, say you're, you're, you're a teenager, little brother's, I don't know, you're, you're 13, he's 12, and you just smack your little brother. Well, you see, you get in trouble, wouldn't you? Like, you might get a spanking, you might get time out, um, you might get, I don't know, sent to your room, a toy taken away, something. You know, you're, you're going to get something, uh, and rightfully so. But if you take that hand, and you smack your mama, well, your butt's going to be humming for a week. Uh, you're going to be grounded. You're going to be in big trouble. Well, say you take that hand and you smack a police officer. Well, he's going to to arrest you. You're going to be sitting in the back of that, that police car for a while. Um, say that you take that same hand and you're in court and you smack a, the judge. Well, you're probably going to get tackled by the 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 police officers that are there. Um, say you take your hand and you slap the president of the United States, regardless of who he is, you slap him. You're probably going to be shot on the spot by secret services. Why, why different degrees of punishment or why is the penalty greater when the act is the same? You take the same hand and you do the same thing. Well, you see, it depends on the importance or the rank or the office of the person. You see, you, you smack your little brother, you get into a little bit of trouble because of the office of your little brother, the, the rank of your little brother, the importance of rank of your little brother. Uh, but it escalates as the person uh, in rank is in a higher rank and is in a higher office. Uh, my friends, that there is no higher office than the office of God the creator of the universe. He is eternally righteous. He is eternally holy. Uh, every attribute of him is eternal and it is perfect. In fact, he is the standard of goodness itself. He is the standard of righteousness. He is the standard of justice. And if we would not tolerate a human judge simply letting our sins go, letting our crimes go, sweeping them under the rug and just letting us go, well, then why would we tolerate a God who would simply let our sins go and not deal with us justly and not give us the penalty that we deserve? Now, God is righteous and holy, and, and he cannot be bribed by our filthy deeds. A human judge could, prob could probably be 
bribed with enough money, uh, but God is the creator of all the universe. There's nothing in this world, nothing in this universe that does not belong to him. So we can't bribe him with anything. And the things that we do, the right things that we do, even if they were not filthy as rags, uh, they're simply things that we're supposed to do. Uh, Another illustration is this. If you were to say you're going 95 miles an hour because you're in a hurry and you're in a school zone that's 15 miles an hour when you see the lights flashing school lets out, but you're going 95 miles an hour. Well, you're putting those children at risk, aren't you? And then you get pulled over by the police officer. He sends you to jail because, well, you should be. Uh, and then you stand before the judge and you tell the judge, like, look, I, I know I, I disobeyed the law. I know I broke the law and I put those children at risk with my crime. But I tell you, judge, because you're a good judge, because you're a loving judge, because you're a, a righteous judge, that and you're a fair judge, that, that you should let me go because I stopped at every other red light. I obeyed the speeding limit every other time. Uh, but it's just this once. My good outweighs my bad, right, judge? And if that judge is a good judge, what he will say is that, you know, you're not here to give an account for the good things that you have done. You are here to give an account of the crime that you've committed because you broke the law of the land. You are being judged for your crime. Uh, It's good that you did all these other things. It's good that you stopped at every other red light and every other stop sign. And it is good that you even helped little old ladies cross the street. Uh, But that's what you're supposed to do to live in society, to to not uh, be punished and have penalty. Uh, those are the things you're supposed to do. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that outweighs your bad. There's no karma in the court of law. And so it is with God. Uh, it's appointed once for a man to die and then face judgment. We are not judged. We're not standing before God, giving, giving him an account of our deeds, of our sins, for the good that we've done. He knows what we do wrong or right. We, he knows what we have done, what we have thought, what we will do, what everything, he knows our secrets, but we're not going to be judged for the good that we do. We'll be judged and penalized for the bad that we do for the breaking of his law. And because God is a just judge, he cannot let criminals go unless there is someone who, who pays the fine in our place? Someone who 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 has enough righteousness uh, and enough holiness, and who can take away our sins and pay the penalty in full. You see, uh, Jesus says that unless our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so even if our righteous deeds were not filthy rags, we could never earn enough righteousness uh, because everything that we do is simply what we are supposed to do. And we are called to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. Um, So we can't earn our way into heaven. Uh, We can theoretically maybe earn, you know, not earn death or damnation, uh, but that's simply not the reality of what things are. But Jesus Christ um, died on the cross for our sins, 
according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures. And he appeared to many and he ascended to sit at the Father's right hand. Why did Jesus do that? Well, it's because he's the only one that could pay the penalty for our sin. You see, Jesus, who created all things, it was by him, for him, and through him that all things were created. And it was for him, and it was by him all things are held together. He is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, God of Gods. He He's before all creation. He and the Father and the Holy Spirit dwelt in perfect unity together. They are co-equal and co-eternal. Uh, they are perfect in union. They're perfect in being. They're of the same substance uh, with one another. They are triune. There is a triunity and a perfect harmony with one another. But yet Jesus in his heavenly throne decided with the Father and the Holy Spirit in eternity past that he would enter into flesh, that he would be born of the Virgin Mary to live among us to put on flesh, to be made like us, to dwell among us, to live a perfect and holy life for 33 years or so, a life that we can't even imagine of living for a mere 33 seconds, uh, fully pleasing to God the Father and never sinning. So because Jesus did not sin, he did not earn the wages of sin, death. He did not earn it, but yet he willingly submitted himself to death, even the death on the brutal cross, so that the Father could find pleasure in crushing him. As Isaiah says, it pleased God to crush him. Why? Why Why did it please God to crush his one and only son? Well, it's not because God is sadistic and just loves to punish. Because in uh, Ezekiel, uh, it says that God doesn't even find pleasure in the death of the wicked. So it's not that God finds pleasure in death or finds pleasure in punishing, is that, but that God is justice, that God is just. So what pleased God to crush his one and only son in the place of sinners was because justice was met. God, the father was able to remain just and yet able to justify sinners at the same time without compromising holiness, without compromising any of his his eternal attributes by satisfying justice as through Jesus as our substitute. Second Corinthians uh, says it this way, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Uh, That Jesus as our substitute, took upon the punishment of God the Father for our sin, for the sin of all of those who would believe in him, who would repent and put their faith in Christ. Jesus bled and died and suffered on the cross for them as our iniquity, as our iniquities, according to Isaiah 53, was laid upon him. Uh, so that he took upon himself our sin, and then in exchange... He gives us who believe in him righteousness. He gives us his righteousness. Uh, It says that we become the righteousness of God. Uh, Again, earlier uh, I said that Jesus says that unless our righteousness uh, exceeds that of the Pharisees, we will not enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, There is no human righteousness that will... uh, 
bribe God or allow us to earn our way into heaven. The only righteousness that we can can have or any righteousness that exists that allows us into heaven uh, is the righteousness of God. And so God gives us righteousness, his own righteousness to make us righteous, to declare us righteous. It is called being justified, being declared righteous and be giving righteousness. Uh, this righteousness imputed to us uh, is is what allows us to be made right and seen as blameless before God the Father, uh, which allows us into the kingdom of God. Uh, it, it says um, in Colossians, that the record of debt uh, that stands against us with its legal demands, this God sets aside, nailing it to the cross, that our record of debt our iniquities, our sins has been taken away. Uh, it has been taken away, has been nailed on the cross. Uh, but did God nail on the cross a piece of paper with a list of all of our sins, with a list of our debt towards God? No. Uh, but it was Jesus Christ that he nailed to the cross. And it was Jesus who became sin. He became our sin. And it was Jesus who suffered the wrath of God in our place. Uh, that is why when Jesus says on the cross, it is finished, uh, he meant it is paid. It is paid in full that our debt uh, has been cleared. Um, and when he rose again from the grave, it says that he was he died for our sins and was raised for our justification. That it was by his resurrection that he proved that he was indeed God in the flesh, that he did indeed satisfy the wrath of God, did indeed satisfy justice uh, for sinners so that they put their faith in him and trust in him and repent from their sins, uh, which repentance and faith are, are two sides of the same coin, that they will be saved, that they will be declared righteous. Uh, in Ephesians 2, it says that we are saved by grace, by, through faith, apart from works. There is nothing we can do to earn this. This is simply a gift from God. Uh, and it is through faith, it is through faith alone uh, that saves us apart from works. Uh, of course, true faith produces works, of course, just as a, a true apple tree does produce apples, uh, but that's not what makes an apple tree an apple uh, or a an apple tree, an apple tree isn't that because it produces apples, but because of its inherent DNA, uh, because it is what it is. Um, that's what faith does. Faith uh, is faith in God, and it changes us. It renews us. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that he causes us to be born again into a living hope through faith in Jesus Christ, um, and is a gift from God. Uh, it, Romans 6.23 starts off by saying the wages of sin is death, but then it continues and says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, and you see uh, that Jesus bled on the cross for our sins. He, he was buried and he was raised again uh, according to the scriptures, according to the first Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4, this is the gospel. This is the good news uh, that Jesus came to save sinners, that he died, was buried, and was resurrected. Um, that is 
that is the gospel. Um, and Jesus says that uh, we are to believe this gospel. He says, repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. Paul says that if anyone else preaches to you any other gospel, whether it's him or an angel, who whoever it might be, of no matter who they are, uh, they are to be accursed. Uh, they are to be damned, condemned, uh, because there's only one gospel, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, and the response to the gospel uh, is to repent. Put your faith in Christ. Turn away from your sins and turn to Christ. Uh, forsake your sins and, and pick up your cross to follow Jesus in faith. Uh, lay down yourself. Lay down your pride. Lay down all these things in faith uh, in Jesus Christ. Uh, it says that if you uh, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Uh, and every time I preach this, uh, I always do so with urgency because it is an urgent message uh, because it's appointed once for a man to die and then face judgment. Well, you see, we don't know when that day of our death will be. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. We don't know the minute. We don't know the second of our death. Uh, we can probably have a good guess on when it might be uh, during certain circumstances, uh, but we never know for sure. But God knows. God knows uh, the day of our death. Uh, the wages of sin is death. Our paycheck, which we have earned, is death. God has that paycheck in the mail being sent to us as we speak. And we have no idea when that mailman will arrive to deliver that. There's no tracking number uh, for that package. Uh, but but this is an urgent message. This is why scripture says today is the day of salvation. That if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Uh, because you don't know when your time is up. It is it is God's patience. It is God's mercy towards us right now. Towards those who do not believe uh, that they are now breathing. That they are now alive. That they now have a moment. If, if they're still alive, it, it is by his mere mercy and patience towards us and his kindness. Uh, giving us time to repentance because that's what his kindness is 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 meant to do. It's meant to lead us to repentance. So, my friends, if you've come across uh, this podcast uh, and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, um, I call upon you. I, I implore you. I plead with you uh, as if Jesus Christ himself was pleading through us because I am his ambassador uh, to repent from your sins, to be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, uh, because you don't know the day of your death and the day that you die, it will be too late. Uh, so if what could be your, your last breath, your next breath, which could be your last I implore you, I plead with you, use it to call to God for mercy. Plead with him to have mercy upon you, to put your faith in Christ who bled and died on the cross to save sinners just like you and like me. For there is no one righteous, no, not one. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We have all for ourselves earned God's holy and righteous wrath. Uh, we have all earned justice. Uh, and my friends, uh, we hear all the time that in the news and whatnot, that people cry out for justice, for, for the injustice that happens in our streets. But my friends, 
Uh, you don't want justice. You want mercy. You want grace. And you want justice to be dealt with through Jesus Christ on your behalf. So my friends, uh, please turn to Christ, put your faith in him, and live. Uh, and if you're a fellow Christian, uh, if you're a someone who, who does believe in Jesus and who have who has been born again, um, and you don't know what to do, well, when in doubt, preach the gospel. When in doubt, share the gospel. If you don't know what to say, share the gospel. Uh, if there's an awkward pause in a conversation, share the gospel. Uh, that might sound silly and it might be awkward, and, and trust me, <laughs> it, it's awkward. I'm the king of awkward. Uh, but, but put your faith in Christ and, and plead with others to do the same. Uh, because uh, just as a doctor who has a patience with, with stage four cancer, uh, death might come to his patient at any moment. If he had the cure, he will he would apply it immediately if he's a good doctor. Uh, but God's a good God, and he wants us, and he has commissioned us to preach the gospel everywhere to everyone, uh, to share this gospel, to share this good news that Jesus came to save sinners. So my friends, uh, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're uh, an office worker uh, and you don't get out much because you're always at work and then when you're not at work, you're at home with your kids or if you're a pastor or uh, if you're a street evangelist, uh, I implore you to to continue to be faithful, to not miss those opportunity opportunities that God has given you. Uh, because there's opportunities if you would search. Um, not everyone's going to have the opportunities that I have. Not everyone's going to have the opportunities a pastor might have. Uh, but trust me, they are there. There are lost people in your lives. Um, you could do something as simple as share a gospel track. Uh, when you hand someone uh, your credit card, they hand you back your card and receipt. Uh, give them a gospel track. Uh, you don't have to say anything. Just say, thank you. Uh, here's something for you to read. Um, you may never see that person again. You may, you don't have to make eye contact. Just, just deliver a, a little track uh, that has the gospel message on it. And trust me, those, those little paper missionaries can go places that uh, you and I cannot, that God uses them mightily. Uh, and you may never know of it, uh, but, but let that encourage you that, that, God is willing to use a mouth that is willing to be opened. Uh, God is willing to use uh, someone who's who's willing to to do it. Um, so so just take advantage of those opportunities. Um, be encouraged by the gospel uh, because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and if we lack wisdom, he is faithful to give it to us. If we just simply ask him, uh, ask for his grace, ask for his, for these opportunities, ask God to renew us and to empower us by the Holy Spirit to give us boldness. Uh, even the Apostle Paul asked us to pray for boldness, to speak the gospel boldly. So if the Apostle Paul uh, needed prayer for boldness, and how much more do us average Joes need boldness, uh, need that prayer. So so be encouraged. Uh, we are weak, but he is strong. He is a mighty God, and he's willing and able to use uh, even a donkey to spread his message. So uh, I wanted to leave that with you guys today, my first uh, podcast episode. Uh, I know it's awkward. Um, I'm not professional at this. Um, I did this without notes. 
uh, kind of did it freestyle, which is probably how I'm going to do a lot of it. And that's, that's how I preach in the open air. Um, that's how I preach at the jail. Um, I don't use a lot of notes. I, I look at the, at a text and, and I, I try to exposit it, um, which is going to be my primary, primary template of how I'm going to do things. I'll, I'll have a text and I'll exposit it. Um, today, uh, I didn't have a specific text uh, in mind. I, have, I had several uh, because uh, I preach this all the time that it just, uh, I can do this by memory. Um, I'm having these verses in my mind. Um, I hope this encourages you to do the same. Uh, you don't have to share the gospel as I share the gospel. Uh, just make sure you share the gospel. Uh, I believe it was uh, Charles Spurgeon that said that uh, there might be people who can preach the gospel better than me, uh, but they cannot preach a better gospel. Uh, so go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be encouraged. Uh, have a blessed day, and and I look forward to, to seeing you on here next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Wretched Preacher podcast. If you would like to help me produce more episodes and have better quality and to spread this podcast further, you can help in two ways. First, the most important thing you can do is pray. Ask God to bless this podcast to spread and to edify the church and to be a means of bringing revival to our churches from the average church member all the way up to our denominational leaders. And second, you can give financially and be a monthly supporter and be an answer to prayer, enabling me to produce more material with better quality and to help me spread the word of God further than I would be able to otherwise. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash the wretched preacher and click on support this podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Wretched Preacher podcast. See you next time and God bless.